This episode of Ghosted in West Virginia is brought to you by Right Live. Weddings, private events, band and DJ bookings, live sound, and more. Contact Right Live for all your event needs. We are dedicated to providing entertainment, promotion, production for all of your special events. Contact them at rightliveevents.com, rightliveevents at gmail.com, or on Facebook at Right Live. Until then, enjoy Ghosted by Right Live. Hey guys, it is I from Gro- Alec from Ghosted in West Virginia. I'm just here to tell you that if you want to help Ghosted uh, become the podcast that you, you know it can be, rate, review, and follow wherever you listen to our podcast and spread the show around. All right, let's really get a lot of people in our graveyard. Let's go, folks. You're listening to Ghosted in West Virginia. Obsessors, oppressors, and possessors, it is I, Alec McCann, your humble host, and with me as always, Julia, who is also eating, and we have the whole crew here. No, we have three, remember? I'm three. They're not going to know that one, Jacob. This is the same episode. We're just restarting it because it's been so long. Oh, okay. Yep. Now. Uh, we are, last episode, we talked about the Prin haunting and, and everything that went into that. Uh, it was in Quebec and I said, we're going to have a series of Ed and Lorraine Warren stories. And this is the next in that series. So we're going to talk probably, we're talking probably two cases this time. We're probably going to talk uh, a Santorian curse, which okay. I know you've been excited for. Yes. Because it's Hispanic voodoo and you're very much like, I want to know more about that world. Voodoo is very interesting. And then we have a haunting at West Point. So depending on time, <clears throat> we may get to the West Point. If we don't, we will do it the next episode because let's be honest, well, Kathy is writing up the, uh, did she finish the rock and roll? I know she sent you it, but I'm not sure if it was finished or if she sent it because her computer shut down. I think she finished it and then the computer shut down. Okay. So, <clears throat> we still have the rock and roll. She is currently writing up a, um, summary of one of her, she reached out to one of her contacts in the paranormal investigation field uh, and is writing up a summary of one of their cases. So that'll be cool. Awesome. You working on anything? I have a couple things in the works. Yeah? Yeah. 
Oh, so mysterious. Oh, oh, hold on. You got fuzz in your hair or something. No, you gotta probably turn your Max hair, and that's probably why I can't breathe. No, it's like some sort of. Because I'm allergic to him. It's, it's, it's some sort of vegetation. Ooh, was it cheese? Maybe no. from my pizza? I said vegetation, and you said cheese? Maybe it's cauliflower. I... <laughs> cheese? Cauliflower. <laughs> it's cauliflowered. Cheese. Cheese made from cauliflower? Yes. That's gross. That would be so disgusting. So, <clears throat> that's what we've got coming down the pipeline. If you don't like it, too tough. bad. And sorry about the uh, live watch party. We will get to that, but I just I wasn't able to do it. So, it's okay. We're all human. So, we are doing the Santeria curse. The people involved in this case um, were Kevin and his girlfriend, Anne, or Anna, sorry, and then Kevin's mother, Maria, and her boyfriend, Jack. These are all the people that are being affected by some sort of curse. Kevin's father, Roberto, and grandmother, Cecilia, are the people that were causing the problem. Okay. I feel like, was it the Prynne family haunting or another one? It might have been, we talked about the therapist that did um, demonology work for the Catholic Church. Yeah. I think, was it the Prynne family haunting or, or that where the mother... Or the father and the ex-wife got together to cause a curse. Do you remember that? Uh, I remember the father and the ex-wife causing a curse. Okay. Was that the Prynne family haunting? Was that the Prynne's? I think so. Was it? I think. So we got, <laughs> we got two people, almost the exact same situation. Except, uh, it's not the father and the ex-wife, it's the father and I'm guessing his mother that are causing this. So, like, the dad and the grandma. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it is the dad and the grandma, but is it the grandma, is it, like, Maria's mother, or is it Kevin's Uh, father's mother? Or is it Kevin's father's mother's roommate's best friend? Sister. Who... Oh, high five on that. Good job. All right. So. That's a nice truck. Could you buy me one? Oh, yeah. With my bukus of money. Yes. I make that. I make that. You know what kind of money that is? That's female money right there. That is? That's female money. Now, due to a family fallout, uh, both Roberto and Cecilia were actively trying to seek vengeance through Santeria on the rest of the family. I don't know what kind of blowout these people had. I thought that car said, it says Metro Bath. I thought it said Meth Bath at (laughs) first and I was like, that's a weird thing to be promoting. Right. But no, it says Metro Bath. Oh, pay us money. We just announced you. Yay. Deal with it. Find us and, and pay us. 
free. Look, it's not. Another one. Oh, meth bath. Good. <laughs> they're not gonna pay us for that. Right. Meth bath. No, it's Metro Bath. I wonder where they're going. <laughs> to a giant see. meth lab. <laughs> I only ever see those cars in Winchester. Not they're going on a big I hate up here they could very well it says Metro bath up they could be yeah it's a meth bath they're they're putting meth inside of the tubs that they're selling like a bath bomb like Wayfair with their children <laughs> yes I like that whole thing was nothing but me thinking every time you brought up Wayfair sells children I was like they order cabinets and they come assembled with the child inside. Like, how are they receiving these children? I mean, that's how I picture it too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just open it up. Open Hillary, the child. Hillary Clinton opens up a nice bureau and is like, "Ah, a small Asian child! <laughs> how wonderful!" <laughs> Somebody sent me a kid in a cupboard. I don't, and I need you to come take it back. Do I turn a key and try and get it back into a toy? What do I do? <laughs> Have you ever had this situation? Uh, now, Santeria is a form of religion similar to voodoo. If a person or family is on the receiving end of a Santerian curse, expect trouble. Except, or, and expect an uphill battle. That's what this case turned out to be. Uh, it proved to test the patience and frustration of the family, but also the investigators that got involved were like, this is a, t I don't like it. I'm, this is Sorry. a tough case. I don't wish to be involved anymore. The main problem with that is because Santeria is such a revenge seeking type uh like the the curses are meant for vengeance. Yeah. I guess most curses are meant for vengeance. But the problem when you're dealing with Santry is that unless you get to the root of the problem, i.e. this family having a fallout, the curse could go on. And your friend Kalia said that curses can be multi-generational even if the person dies. Yep. It can still happen or it's still going on. That and so pretend my great 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 grandmother had a curse put on her by someone. She's died. The person who put the curse has died. All my grandparents and great grandparents have died. I could still be the brunt of that curse because it goes down generational lines. Ah. So it's it is then it's like a, a, a it's generational cursing. Yes. I saw a video, uh, you know that Holy Nope dude I watch where he yeah. watches those ridiculous religious yeah. things people say? One man came up to get exercised from, and he said, and I forsake all the generational curses. Ah! Like he's doing some sort of weird exorcism that isn't a real exorcism. And they're like, there's just people falling into hysteria. <laughs> and um, those don't make supernatural things look plausible because on one hand I'm watching a ghost adventures or something and I'm like huh I wonder if that's real or if they fake that versus I'm watching uh, this person you know healing demons by putting like just 
throwing them on yeah. the ground. Like they turn into an episode of <laughs> Avengers or something. It's <laughs> Demon be gone! <laughs> and and so I don't know. It just kind of like I can look at one thing and be like ghosts are real, and then look at another thing and be like, but this is clearly clearly stupid. I think Oliver was biting him. Um, you know that wouldn't have happened if he wasn't close enough to put his fingers <laughs> Jacob, no, in no, no. his mouth. Jacob, like, put his fingers in his mouth. That, that's what I. That's what I just said. Those are the words are that okay? came out of my mouth. Yeah. Can I just say, why did it take him over a year to get any teeth at all? And now he's not two yet, and I think all of his teeth are in. Really? That Like, he's got a few that are just ready to poke out through, but you can see the white of them. And there's no more room for any more teeth. So, well. Except for his grinders. He's got the his bathrooms. grinders in, too. Well, they're working their way. They're about halfway in. Yeah. His grinders. <laughs> that's where he holds his weed. Talking too much. No, that's from the pizza. Put yours down a little bit. All right. Mine won't go back up. Um. So. Um. Anyway, so what was I saying before we got off on that tangent? All oh, right. So the Santorini curse uh, is even if the victim or even if the curse. Uh, casters uh, die. The curse keeps going so you can't hope for, oh, they're going to die. Right. So we'll be alright. Now, due to the fact that uh, neither the father nor grandmother were willing to sit down to try and resolve the issue, the investigators were kind of like, it's not really much we can do for you. Sorry, dude. Oh, look, there's Melissa. Marissa. Marissa? Arissa? Megan's wife. Amanda's wife? Yeah, Amanda's wife. Is that Amanda? Oh, yeah, look at that. That's yeah. Corribbon. They can't see me way back. She said, she said, flip him off! You gotta learn people's names. I, <laughs> uh, I called Amanda. I know Amanda, and I called her Megan. Like, I don't know what's going on with people. Uh, and I know one Megan, and I'm like, she doesn't have a wife. <laughs> she doesn't have a wife. <laughs> she has Michael. Exactly. Uh, she has Michael. Um, I never thought that LTE internet would give me 5G. Did it? Like three bars. Nice. Awesome. So, they're not willing to sit it down. So, the the investigators are like, ah, it's just not not much we can do. We can try, but there's not a lot that we can we can do about it. All the information obtained from the victims indicated this could potentially uh, turn out to be extremely violent and possibly life-threatening uh, for the family. And they were like, "What we need to do is try and get you into the into like some sort of church intervention program." Otherwise known as, like, you know, the normal exorcism things that they do. Right. Oh, is it a Catholic church? Yeah, probably. If it's a Santorian curse that's Hispanic, these people are Hispanic, there are... And most Hispanics practice Catholicism. Correct? Yeah, yeah, like, they're hard in on it. Um, 
I know one of my favorite things in one of these movies that I watch, you know, uh, there was a, a gangster, a Hispanic gangster at a church, and he puts some money in a collection plate, you know, to pay for his sin before he commits it. And it's called an, an indulgence, which is one of the things Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, but the, the white guy from Germany, that's one of the things he was getting mad about and split from the Catholic Church from. You hear about the 99 theses he nailed to doors? I am doors. shit. This whole time I thought that was Martin Luther King. Like, <laughs> the black man. Yeah. You thought he was just going around I in Germany he... nailing things to wooden doors? Well, no, I thought he was the reason why the churches had split, too. <laughs> he said, I'm tired of these Catholics <laughs> putting my people down. So that's news to me. Hi. Oh my goodness. No, Martin Luther King was named after his father, who was named after this, this dude. Guy. Yes. So it's the same family. No. No, they just respected Martin Luther oh. and what he represented, so they named their son Martin Luther. And then Martin Luther was like, that's pretty cool. Let's call him Junior. Okay. And bam, Martin Luther King Jr. I understand now. There you go. I'm dumb. <laughs> 30, 36 years. Oh, that's good. Well. Uh, <laughs> so, Kevin and Anna's story is, is this. They've been dating for quite a while. Uh, Kevin, who was an artist, was living at home with his father and grandmother. Roberto was an, an alcoholic and often became violent and abusive, which played a large role in the divorce between Roberto and Maria. Kevin knew that Roberto and Cecilia were active in Santeria, but like any other religion, he was like, it's not really anything I need to be worried about. Like, you know, people <coughs> say people. I'm a... Um, well, I was going to say, some people say I'm a Sikh, and I'm like, I don't know what that is, but all right, cool. Well, most people think that with all religions, including witchcraft ones, if you don't believe in it, it's not going to affect you. Oh, you think it's that kind of route? Where I don't believe in it, so it's not anything? Maybe that's how he felt. Like, he probably felt like what they were doing was just nonsense, and it's not his issue. Huh. Until it is. Until it is. Well, we'll find out. What Kevin did not know was that after the divorce, Roberto became more and more spiteful and hostile towards Maria and uh, Kevin. Which, that's weird to me, unless he was like, this little bugger ruined my marriage by existing. I could be knee-deep in, in bedtime activities if he would stop coming in here asking for stupid cups of water and telling me he's got to go potty. Like, you know where the bathroom is? Get out of here. I'm compromised. Now, Cecilia was, as most mothers are, towards their sons, fully supportive of Roberto. She was like, yes, hit that boy, beat that woman. Do you want me to hold his head under the water while you flush? <laughs> snap at the baby. Hey! <laughs> he knows. He knows what it means. Now, all was well 
and good until one night when Roberto became violent and began to physically abuse Kevin, who, in self-defense, did everything he could to stop Roberto from hurting him. I feel like it's not this story, but there was another story I think we had watched uh, on Amazon that that DJ Prozac guy. <laughs> the I think he he had uh, investigated a place where I think the son had actually shot his father in the gut. Do you remember that? Kind of. In the kitchen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because his dad was just whooping his yeah. rear end. Now, um, within a day or two after that incident, Kevin was like, I'm out of here. I'm moving in with Anna. Uh, I thought this. Okay, so it says Anna, a, a cook in a local restaurant, but my eyes didn't see cook. They didn't finish the second O. And I was like, well, that's a weird job to have at a local restaurant but no she's a cook Anna was a cook in a local restaurant and was living in a very small apartment in the residential neighborhood consisting of houses that had all been refurbished as like multi-family dwellings so like we had talked about this the first time we did it was yeah. like a, a condo or something like that a duplex. a duplex yeah almost immediately after Kevin in uh moved in with Anna strange things started to occur. The activity started low-key, but then grew very ominous, threatening, and dangerous. Little did Kevin and Anna know uh, that when they started experiencing stuff, Maria and Jack also began experiencing unexplainable uh, and terrifying occurrences. Kevin and Anna began having very heated and enraged arguments, which in and of itself is not uncommon you know, we fight yeah <clears throat> but whenever they would leave they'd soon realize that the arguments would only take place inside the house when they would go outside of the house when they would get some proximity away from the home they're like why why was i even upset about that like what was that about um and they kind of just chalked it up to, like, his cabin fever or something like that. You know, they weren't, yeah. like, um, they are just like, what the crap? Now, because their apartment was so small and the only bedroom was being used as storage, they slept on a sleeper sofa in the tiny living room that was just big enough to accommodate the bed, one reclining chair, and a television. That is a tiny apartment. Even though it was only the month of May, the very, very month of May, I don't, I know. I can hear it in my head, but. I saw a pair of rokish eyes. Why do I feel like that's about an elephant? Maybe it is. My grandma used to sing it to me, and I feel like I pictured an elephant. And it probably has nothing to do with an elephant. It's probably just my tiny child brain connecting no <laughs> dots whatsoever. Just like, just I hear picturing. May. I hear May and Rokish eyes, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's an elephant yeah. coming around the corner. I'm, oh, and I'm taken by shock. I wish I lived where that could really happen. You want to go to India? It's real hot up there. If down I there. had elephants in my backyard, heck yes. 
Oh man, my favorite story of an elephant is the one that this woman had done something to it and it killed her. Like it hunted her down, killed her, and then came back to wreck her funeral. Nice. Yes. Like it it demolished it took her out of the coffin and threw her body around. There's a reason they're my favorite animal. Um, yes. So, <laughs> even though it was only the month of May, it was very hot in the apartment, and with no air conditioning, going to sleep was difficult. I could believe it. They did, however, often fall asleep to the TV in bed. Now, this is not a TV they have implanted in the bed. This is just a bed and then a TV. Ooh. An implanted TV, though, I would get a projector right behind the right behind that bridge. Felt dangerous. Yeah. Uh, anyway, projector, fun. They did so. They fall asleep with the TV in bed. But one night, when it uh, one night it suddenly occurred to Anna, she wondered how these strange moving black shadows could be caused by the TV. Now, the black shadows weren't being made by the TV, and she soon discovered that when she continued seeing them after she turned the TV off. They were there, and she didn't know how or why, but uh, what she found out was they were after her. I don't know how she found that out yet, but I would be terrified once that came out. That would be quite scary. Kevin lay next to her in bed, asleep and unaware of what she was seeing. She would try and wake him up just to show him, and he simply could not be awakened. After several relatively uneventful nights, things took a turn for the worse. One night, it was about 2 a.m., both Kevin and Anna were sound asleep. Once again, it was a warm night, and they were both lying face down on the bed. One of her arms was hanging off the side of the bed and her hand near the floor. I will never sleep like that. I have noticed, like, the past week, I wake up, and I don't know why I'm down so far in the bed, but my feet are hanging off the end. Oh, mine do that, too. It's probably because we've got so many pillows. pillows. <laughs> but I wake up, and I'm like, why? Like, have I grown? We're not, it's the same size bed that we've always had. It's just that our headboard no longer lets the pillows slip That's down true. into the mattress. So we slip down So we, we're slipping down. And they don't have a fix for that. Oh well. So um, they're lying face down. Her hand is hanging off the bed. Suddenly, Anna awoke to a slight stinging feeling on her fingers. She sat up, turned the lights on, and found her fingers were bleeding but could find no cuts or scrapes to explain where the blood was coming from. Feeling very shaken and uneasy, she got out of bed, cleaned herself up, and then went back to bed trying to fall asleep. Kevin still sound asleep. This was just the start. You know what that reminds me of, though? Do you remember when we did the Key of Solomon episode? Uh, Ooh, vaguely. That was so long ago. I was very, like early days ghosted. And I think I was pregnant. Yeah. And I, you know how dumb I was then. <laughs> but there was a demon, I think his name was Ornias, uh, that Solomon, he was sucking the life force out of this worker boy's um, body through his thumb. You remember that? 
Kind of, yeah. That's what this reminds me of. Now, several nights came and went with fairly typical activities, such as Anna being bitten, as she referred to it, on her fingers and toes. She would describe the events of the night before with Kevin, who was becoming increasingly concerned, but also a little skeptical. Kevin, not knowing who to talk to about this, decided to talk to his mother in hopes that she could make some sense of it. Maria then told Kevin what was taking place at her house, but she wasn't experiencing any of it. Jack, on the other hand, was the one taking the brunt of the activity. So both families. Yeah. Were, okay. Just making sure I understand. Oh, it said that a lot through the. I'm also driving. No, you're not. You're just. You're just bored of me. You don't like me anymore. And I have so much mucus and phlegm. Do you? Yeah. You don't like having mucus and phlegm in your body? In your throat, it's not comfortable for you? It isn't. Oh. Uh, so, um, the, Jack was the one, so Jack's taken all the brunt, they trade stories, and they realize that the only real rational explanation, uh, is Roberto. Roberto has to be doing something. Now, thank you, Oliver. <laughs> Yes. He's adding such beautiful vocals. So, one of the things, I looked at that, and I was like, they legit said rational. This is not immediately, like, I would jump to something's up with my diet, something's wrong with, like, I'm getting mad at this person for this thing, and, or gas leak. Like, those those things. I wouldn't be like, there's a demon. Someone blamed me for her sickness once. What? So, it was before I even knew you, and me and her had had this big falling out, and then a few days later, she had, she got admitted to the hospital because her appendix had ruptured, and she told the doctor, my best friend is a witch, and we just had a fight. She did this to me. Oh, my. <laughs> and I did not. I did nothing. She did this to me. <laughs> So, Roberto... Oh, but the thing I was going to say is... Um, Sherlock Holmes says that... Once you remove the... Uh, logical and rational... Everything else that's left... No matter how improbable... Has to be the answer. I know that, huh? It, yeah, sure. For what? You run around the parking lot? Yeah. In the dark? Yeah. You get hit? Yeah. Alright. Are you letting them out your son? Yeah. And then I'm going to give this baby some pizza because, my goodness. Might be, might be the pizza. I only have one slice. About all you need. Oh, man. You want a piece of pizza, Oliver? Sorry, folks. Give me one second. Let me, let me feed this child. I'm going to take it by myself. There you go, Oliver. There you go. Mm-hmm. Huh? What's going on? Go around this side. Oh, he has to pee? Yeah. He's peeing on a building. So, Roberto was extremely hostile towards Kevin and Maria. 
and had the ability through Santeria to make them as miserable as he possibly could. Both Kevin and Maria confronted Roberto about this, which in fact was a bad thing to do, and ended up once again fighting and arguing with him. The following night, Kevin and Anna were asleep in bed when all of a sudden Anna felt the force of an invisible weight on her body that completely immobilized her. Unable to move or speak, she then started to be dragged to the head of the bed towards the back couch cushions. Struggling to make some kind of noise, she was being pulled under between the bed and the back sofa cushions. Uh, there was enough room? Well, basically, she's being put into the box of the sofa. Oh, that's awful. It really didn't seem physically possible, but it was happening. So finally, Anna was able to let out a scream, which wakes Kevin up to find her waist deep down in the bed. No, her legs are just sticking in the air. Um, No sooner did Kevin wake up than the attack ceased and neither of them slept the rest of the night. He told Anna that while all that was happening to her, he was actually aware of it in a semi-conscious way, but he was dreaming that two creatures were holding him down. Uh, And he was unable to move. What they encountered was phantomania or psychic paralysis or... What else? What's the other? Sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis. Which commonly occurs during the attacks of this nature. Totally out of answers and trying to figure out what to do, Kevin began looking for help. Week later, after the church had denied getting involved and still looking for someone to help them, they were at their wit's end. One day, Kevin and Anna got in an argument. Not a bad one, but they stopped uh, talking to each other. The following morning, Kevin got up at his usual 4.30 a.m. to go to work, and that's the kind of guy that that you don't argue with. <laughs> he's getting up at 4.30. You don't, you don't, he, he he's the king. You don't even talk to me that early. Yeah. Hey, buddy, what's wrong? Huh? He doesn't know. What? What's wrong? All your lights on. They don't even work. Uh, what? That's creepy. That's creepy. The hallway lights are on and they don't work. That's that's good. That's reading the story is causing electrical writages. Now he noticed that the uh, he noticed that Anna was not in bed, and when he walked towards the bathroom, he noticed that the door was closed, and he thought, "Oh, Anna uh, had spent the night in there because of the argument." In in the bathroom? His brain said, oh, she slept in the bathroom because of the argument. <laughs> like, really? That does make a good point. If you have such a tiny apartment, where do you go? You can't sleep on the couch. That's true. Are you ready to get out? I don't know. Okay. Are you ready I guess we'll pause this. Okay. We are out of the practice. Yay, and I'm eating again. And she's eating again. <laughs> So here we go. So we talked about the fact that uh, Kevin thought that she was in the bathroom all night because the door was locked and all that. Well, he turns the handle and starts to open the door and then the door stops like something is blocking it from the other side. 
Now he pushes hard on the door and reveals Anna slumped on the floor with one end of her bra wrapped around her neck and the other end wrapped around the inside of the doorknob. Oh my. <laughs> so in No. Uh, in sheer panic, Kevin untangles her from the mess and luckily was able to wake her up. Helping her into the kitchen, he asked Anna what happened. And this is what she said. She got up at some point during the night to go to the bathroom. And after sitting down, she was picked up by an unseen force, thrown headfirst into the door. Oh, man. Oh, man. Her next recollection was Kevin trying to wake her up and pulling her off the bathroom floor. That was it. So Kevin was like, I'm, I need to, we need to find somebody to help because you almost died. Uh, something tried to kill you with your own bra and that's not hot. <laughs> that's not okay. Activity had started only about a month before all this and became so serious so quickly that he was like, we have got to do something. So Kevin finally is put into contact with the Warrens and after giving an initial interview... And the Warrens hearing the incredible details, they ask him to have his mother and Jack write a testimonial uh, of what they were experiencing. And it didn't take long to determine that these poor people were the victims of a curse. And further investigation, they were like, oh, it's a Santerian curse. I wonder if they just assumed it was a Santerian curse because they were Hispanic and they were like, this is a familiar thing within your culture. I was just wondering how they found out that they were cursed and not just like demon possessed. Yeah. Well, it, remember it said that Kevin and his mother both thought that Roberto was somehow involved in yeah. what was going on. What's that? Oh. Now this, uh, the uh, once they, where was I? Oh yeah. So they figure out it's a curse. The statement of what Maria and Jack were experiencing would only help provide further reasoning for the getting or for getting the church involved. And the next set of events, the following is just like a like a condensed version of what Kevin reported during their initial interview. And uh, it's written by Maria and states that what has been taking place to her and her boyfriend is true. That kind of thing. So shortly after, and this is quoted, shortly after Jack and I met, he started seeing black shadows and would tell me that they would beat him up during the night. I'm sorry. I'd be like, (laughs) oh man. Well, you're not telling, like you're, I would wake someone up and be like, I just got demolished demolished (laughs) by the wind. I, where, what? And then I would be like, we need to go to the therapist. <laughs> or you need to get away from my children. One of the right? two. Need pack your bags, Jack. Do you still have any more pizza? Yes. I want some tea. There. That, I didn't think you were going to use it to fart on it. <laughs> I wanted to eat it, like, for breakfast. Oh. Oh. Well, that was a weird way to ask. So he used to tell, uh, he used to tell me this, but I didn't think anything of it. I would find it strange. I'm sorry. Someone tells me I'm getting beat up at night by shadows. I'm going to think something of it. Like full. Like maybe you're insane. 
you're either insane or get a priest up in here or something. Yeah. Uh, so. Maybe you're having some nightmares. <laughs> I don't know. She, she continued with, I moved into another apartment. And he used to come over, and the minute he would get there, he would say he felt uncomfortable and that he wanted to leave. He would leave and come back a while later. He would say that he didn't know what was wrong because he got back to my apartment and wanted to leave again. It's probably just her nacho cheese smell. <laughs> you know? Um, plus, she's a, she's a mom to a full-grown person. And this is back in the 70s when moms didn't look like they were ready to throw down with you. Oh, gosh. When in their 40s, you know. So, um, once he was sitting down at the dinner table and before my eyes and the kids. Huh? Oh, an ambulance. An ambulance. Uh-huh. Yep. Horribly funny there, Jacob. I don't think... I think this might be a fire truck type of... Oh, no. Was that a siren? Yeah. Well, it's good to know they're still alive in there. At least it didn't sound like much of a siren. Though. I know. Or maybe it's a, it was the wind. It's just a, if it was the wind, they were booking it. Where are they going that way? Is there a hospital that way? Grant? No, that's in Petersburg. They might be going to Harrisonburg, but that's still... Pretty far. Some people any, can request which hospital you go to. Any Anywhere up here, if you're in a major life situation, like we could, time is of the essence, just get your stuff in order. We don't live close enough <laughs> right. to anything. We have 45 minutes from each hospital. That's what I worry about with like copperheads and rattlesnakes biting because of where we live. Yeah, there ain't Like no. by the time we get anywhere... Somebody little like Oliver, that's going to be... That's too far. Uh, oh, man. Oh. Anyway. So, once he was sitting at the dinner table and before my eyes and the kids, it looked like someone pushed him off the chair and he landed on the floor. He looked like, he, uh, like they were choking him. His hands were at his throat. He was gagging. I felt helpless and I couldn't help him. And then finally, I was desperate. I started praying. I got holy water and sprinkled it all over him. And all of a sudden, I heard him say, don't pray. I don't like it when you do that. But it was a weird kind of voice. I don't like it when you do that. Finally, he came back to himself. And I asked him what had happened. And he said he re- all he remembered was that someone pushed him off the chair. Twice more or less, the same thing happened where he was thrown off the chair. He was scared to go into my apartment because of all the things that were happening to him. And once I was at work and he came to my job to tell me he was hungry. That's... What? You're a grown man. Yeah, you're a grown dude. What are you... Hey, I'm hungry. I'm busy. I am working. Uh, thank you. Right? Like, you should be bringing me food to my job. He asked that I... Unless, does she work in a restaurant, maybe? Uh, I know Anna does, but I don't know if Maria works in a restaurant, Mm. but it says, he came to my job to tell me he was hungry. He asked, did I cook at home? And I told him yes. And to go home and eat, go home and eat. 
<laughs> don't come here to tell me you're hungry. Go see what I have in my fridge. Right? Or better yet, go see what you have in your fridge. <laughs> don't eat my food. That's for my kids. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't that cool? I hope they don't take that down, ever. They always do. Look at these people. They said we've got enough Christmas on the side of our house. Right? We're never taking anything down. I wish it was still... Like, I wish it was... Oh, look! They're not taking anything down. Their house is jacked with Christmas. They're like, this is staying up all year round. If I decorated my house like it was a winter wonderland, it would have to stay up. Yeah. I'm not taking that I down. I put so much work in it for nothing. Exactly. So... He said he was scared to go by himself, but he did it anyway. Later on, I said to myself, I shouldn't have let him go. About an hour later, because he steals. An hour <laughs> later, he came back to my job. I was shocked. He looked like a madman, and his face was all distorted. He was scared. And when I saw him, I couldn't believe it. His shirt was in shreds. I would not go to my woman's work looking shoddy. First of all, you're an attractive woman. If you worked in an environment that had other men, I would have to show up every... You got some, like, oil or something on your face there. Like Slobber. <laughs> but if, if I... if I, about how attractive I am. I know. If I went to, like, you worked at a restaurant. If I worked... If I went into where you worked, I would be... I would dress as best as I could. If I wasn't married to you. Now, I'm married to you. I don't care what I look like anymore. <laughs> You're married to this. You have to find a way to be attracted to it. That's just... That's, that's, how, how, it, that's how that works. You just have to find a way. That's why I'm funny. You know, because I know I may get handsomer with age, but not more sexually attractive. In fact, I believe it goes down the older I get. <laughs> so... Like, my ears are going to start being huge. Like, I'm going to pick up radio stations. I won't even need Bluetooth uh, headphones anymore. I'll just pick up the stations with my ears. <laughs> so, you know, I, I got I to gotta work at it. And, and you know, this dude shows up in shredded clothes, looking like he got in a bad fight with someone. And he's terrified. I'm not coming. I never would come to your work if my clothes were in shreds. <laughs> I would be like, what is wrong with you? Let me put, let me rephrase that. If I looked like a burly caveman and had like a big chest, I don't need the abs. Like I can have a, a, a toned stomach without the abs, like just, but I, I have them giant pecs that show off I'm a man. I'd come in shreds because what am I, what am I, what are you going to make fun of me? I can crush your head. Am <laughs> I? But, no, not you. Like, I'm not oh. crushing your head. I meant, like, the other dudes. Remember, there were dudes yeah, that were attracted to you because of who you are. Again, with, piece of with your piece of grease. Yeah. But she's also, Maria is an older woman, like we said. She may not be taking care of herself the same way, either. Who knows? Not me. Knows, knows. Where have I heard that? I you say know. that all the time. Um, so, when I saw him, I couldn't believe it. His shirt was in shreds. It looked like he had a big, bad fight with someone. Big, bad fight. That's not what it says. He had a bad fight. He was, he was fighting the big, bad wolf. He was wolf. fighting a grizzly bear. He said, I got, I'm getting a big, bad fight. 
That's why he came in shredded. It was like, I'm either taking out a wolf or a bear, one of the two, but it's happening. I asked him what happened, and then that's when he said, or he said that when he served his food, he was, dude, who talks like, when I served my food, no, when I made my food, uh, he was eating, standing up because he was scared and nervous that something would happen to him. He says a while later, his plate flew off. Flew off of what? He felt someone pushed him. She's terrible at telling stories. Telling stories. Like, she goes from his shirt was in shreds to he's standing up and his plate flew off of something. It's like I'm watching someone make a terrible B-movie. He felt someone pushed him. He says that when he came to his senses, he was on the floor all beat up, achy. And the cat we had was next to him licking his arm because that cat came in and said that i came in like yeah he said i won't whoop you <laughs> remember that day you put chicken pate in my bowl instead of the tuna here it comes uh he's gonna i'm gonna tell you something brother the next time i don't find cat nip in my bed i'm gonna roll you over i'm gonna snap you like a slim jim brother I'm I'm really happy I found a Randy Savage voice. Uh, I'm gonna be using it all the time, brother. <laughs> the problem got so bad I started looking for some help. I would go to psychics and fortune tellers. They would clean him. <laughs> cleanse. They would cleanse him, but this person did not say that. They said they would clean him. And my head immediately was like, they came over and gave him like a Japanese style bath where all the women are in the kimonos and they're scrubbing the dude while he's fighting. No, stop it. Oh, that is not, but they probably like just rubbed him with sage or something. <laughs> but I like the idea of him sitting in. <laughs> They're rubbing him with the loofah. You gotta get this demon off of you. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, he would get better for a few days, and a few days later, the same things would happen. I guess by trying to get help from so many places and so many people, it seems we have been able to help ourselves a little bit. At least I learned a few things. By sprinkling holy water on him and praying, he does better. But now they bother him when I'm not around. Once he felt sick to his stomach and he said he was very uncomfortable. He says he went home in the middle of the night. He got up and threw up. I'm so confused. So he was staying at her house. He goes home to his house. Goes back to sleep. Gets up. Vomits. Yes. And then when he, it says when he looked, there were a lot of big flies in his throw up. Yeah. Some of them still alive. That's that disgusting. That would be the end of my life. Right then and there. What I don't get, what I don't get is he's, the, Roberto is mad at the woman and the son. Once these people die, is the curse gone? Because that's, it's going after the partners. Because from what I understand about a curse is they continue to go down the bloodline. But this isn't a bloodline thing. They're going after the boyfriend and girlfriend. But like their bloodlines, possibly. So like, so like they could stop the curse for themselves by not being with anyone. I don't know. 
that would end the bloodline too. I don't know. Unless like one of them's like, I'm going to go see a hooker (laughs) and just pop a baby out real quick. That's what hookers are for, is baby making. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. That's that's what they're for. I forgot he was in the car. The yeah. <laughs> so, a lot of times he understands clearly what they tell him. What? Oh, the voices. Okay, so voices are talking to him, apparently. A lot of times he understands clearly what they tell him. Leave her alone. Don't help her. If you do, we are going to kill you. They talk to him in Spanish. Every time they come, they always say the same thing or they'll say, you don't understand. They will curse and they will tell him, we told you to leave her alone. We don't want you here. Leave. All right, we're back. We just got in from the store and I don't. Oh, yeah. So the dudes have an voices come talk to him uh jack is about a week ago we had an argument i told him to leave and i was pretty mean with him he always gets beat up when he's with me (laughs) for two days we were arguing i told him to leave uh he says that those shadows that usually beat him up were singing and dancing and celebrating Ooh, doesn't that sound like george lukens a little bit Um, they left and didn't beat him up. Another time we had an argument, he was on the way home in the car when he heard someone say what we wanted was accomplished and he heard the car door open and when he looked back, his back door was open and he had to park his car to close his door. One day he was in the basement and I went down and he asked me, were you here all along? This person does not... I know it's probably not her first language, but my goodness. I was going to say, she's given the area, she's probably more Spanish-speaking, so... I said no, I just got here. But he said, but I was talking to you as I started to move this wood... Oh, man... This is a direct quote, by the way. I didn't type this part. Okay. I just copy and pasted from the interview uh, that she gave. As I started to move this wood, you said, don't put it there. It looks better on that side. I told him I wasn't even in the basement. So he must have been getting ready to move some wood. Something told him, hey, stop it. And he was like, all right, girl, get on with your bad self. I won't worry about it. I told him I wasn't in the basement. He got scared and said, let's get out of here. He is scared of going down to the basement himself or of going outside in the dark. Once I was doing dishes and he was reading the paper at the table. This woman is not good at telling. I'm going to stop quoting this woman because she is terrible at telling. I'm just going to say what she says in different words. So, he suddenly puts his hand to his face. And she was like, you know, something must have gone in his eye. She keeps saying, you know, what's wrong, what's wrong? And finally, he's like, why'd you slap me in my face? She was across the kitchen. She, 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 didn't, she didn't touch him. She said, are you crazy? It was the cat. I didn't slap you. It was the cat. <laughs> but it was hard for her to convince him that she didn't slap him. 
I'd be like, that's that's hard up. I, you slap me and I don't know how to react to it. Right? So there's more to the story. Things that she couldn't remember uh, right at the point of the interview. But eventually, you know, she does give more details. She said, it's so strange and incredible. I wish I could leave a normal life like so many people. What I find even stranger is the fact that more or less the same things are happening to my son and his girlfriend, Anna. Again, I think it's weird that this is happening to the significant others and not to the dad himself, or and not to the people they have beef with themselves. Yeah. What if this is like some sort of weird, sadistic plan to get his family back? He's just going to curse their significant others. Maybe. And be like, you have to come back to me. And he twirls his little mustache like an uh-huh. evil conductor. Like a After obtaining the testimony from all the individuals concerned, coming up with a concrete conclusion was fairly simple. Roberto, being the bitter, spiteful man he he was, and Cecilia, who is more than certainly dead by now, placed a curse on their family to bring them as much misery and solitude as possible, which meant to achieve this was not, in fact, directly influence or affect his immediate family, but actually attack their significant others in the hopes of pulling them apart. Both Jack and Anna were violently attacked numerous times in this attempt. So, that answers that question. Yeah. However, once they're dead, the curse is over. I guess they don't really care about the, like, if they have grandkids or something. Because once Maria, if this was to work, Maria and, and Kevin would have died alone. True. And there wouldn't have been any little Kevs. Once a firm understanding was held, all the evidence and testimony gathered and reports and summarizations completed, it was time to bring, uh, or attempt to bring closure as quickly as possible to the case because of the nature of the attacks. The family was instructed on who to contact within the church, a priest who handles these types of affairs uh, in their area. Which, can I say how cool it would be to have someone that's like, oh yeah, I do curses. Right. What do you got? Santeria? Hoodoo? Voodoo? Some sort of East African tribe? Well, these days you can find anybody on the internet. That's true. There's a girl that she somehow is on my Facebook because of a group that we were both in a while ago. And she's been really sick, so she hasn't been working. And she had posted if anybody need any spells or hexes done and the prices she would charge for them. And she's sick? Like, that stuff doesn't come at a cost? Probably why she's sick. Probably. Because she's been sick for quite some time. Well. So, the family was instructed on who to contact... Um, all the accumulated paperwork was delivered to the priest and everybody was told that he would take care of the case and help the family. 
Uh, the Warrens contacted Kevin to relay the good news and to give them the point of the contact. And that's when the investigation switched from... Uh, or this is when the Warrens' role switched from being an investigative unit to a mediator and support structure for the family. So they no longer have anything to investigate. They know what's going on. Now they just want to be a support system. Which I do like that aspect. Is uh, Like, uh, I know we're going through the parent family haunting and stuff on Halloweens and stuff. But, man, that was a lot of in stuff, wasn't it? It was. But the con- in the Conjuring movies, when Ed and Lorraine stay and Ed helps him with his car, like fixing his car up, or in the Enfield when he's singing that song to... Uh, to the family, to the... What are their names? Hodgins. Yeah. Hodges. Hodginsons. Whatever they are. Then That British family. And they're singing to them. I love that that's the support system. Like the, I like that they show that. Um, also at this point in time, the investigators stop actively con- contacting the family unless a crisis arises, allowing the family to talk directly to the priests. Wow, that doesn't sound very supportive. They're like, alright, it's right. demon. See you later. Uh-huh. About a month without hearing from the family, after the case was handed over to the church, the family did contact the Warrens again. Now, normally that's not a good sign. It means that the activity has started back up or something similar has gone wrong. But this call was par for the course. The family stated that they had been in contact numerous times uh, with the priest. And after reading the information given to him, he traveled to their house, talked with them all face to face, and agreed with the fact that they were in trouble. He performed a blessing on the house and everyone involved. And the first step the church usually takes in the process of resolution. And soon afterwards, he left. Unfortunately, the blessing did not work. The family called the priest about a week later and was informed that he was out of the country. What a terrible person of a good... That's so unreliable. Right? When he returned, he contacted the family and discussed further options. Options that were never acted upon. Which is when they called the Warrens back. They contacted the priest and uh, discussed what would be done and why there was a delay... And they were told basically that it was held up in red tape. Basically, the church was like, I don't think we can really do anything. Uh, should we authorize what's what this dude wants to do? That kind of thing. Which is stupid. Where do you find that in the Bible? Yeah. Ugh. Catholics. <sighs> Unfortunately, there was at that point in time not much more that the Warrens could do. Aside from telling them, you know instructions on this might protect you this might do it but nothing's 100% foolproof you know um the family required church intervention and the warrens were as much at its mercy as the family was they contacted kevin and told him what was taking place or not taking place and assured him that he should call if any crisis arose or if he just needed to talk After several months of calling the family, calling the priest and waiting, Kevin called saying he found a priest in his immediate area that agreed to help and thank the Warrens for their assistance. Regretfully, 
No outcome of the family situation has ever been known. But what is known is that no contact from a family is sometimes a good thing. It means that there's no need to call. It is extremely frustrating from not only the family's point of view, but also from a demonology point of view that such an outright evil and destructive force, such as what Kevin, Anna, Maria, and Jack were all dealing with, was not acted upon more quickly. Uh, And it's often... You know, um, one of those things where you eventually just have to be like, sorry, guys. So we don't know what happened at the end of this story. What are you looking at? Oh, it's a skateboard. I was like, what is on our porch? Did somebody leave a package or something? But that's our story, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it thrilled you a little. I hope it chilled you a little. And uh, remember, curl up. Because filthy Ed Warren's at the bottom of your bed looking for your feet. Oh, wow. <laughs>